Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So it seems that the Americans didn't get murder on the dance floor the first time around. I saw that. And this is like mm. their first. They were missing out, haven't they? Honestly, I was bopping. Little, how old I have been? Nine? Eight? Little me. Dancing around Sophie Ellis Baxter, who, fun fact, you know how in Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, that's a weird sound there, I thought her name was Sophie Ellis Baxter, <laughs> not Ellis hyphen Baxter right. as a name. I think she should change her name. To Ellis Baxter. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why they're going so crazy for it now, are they? Yeah, they love it. It's come into the top ten again. Well, at least there's one good thing that's come from this movie. Oh, wow. Hello there, everybody. This is I Only Like You. And movies, usually. My my name is Lonnie. (laughs) Her name is Sine. How are you doing, Sine? Good. We have seen Saltburn. In truth, we saw a little while ago but we haven't got it out of our heads, have we? It's been a real thinker. The movie everyone's been talking about is how it's... Been spun, yes. Promoted to me every time I open YouTube. Yeah. We were so excited for this, weren't we? We really liked Promising Young Woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like the tide has turned on that a little bit in the pop culture, but we still like it. Mm. I understand the criticisms, but also think it's a really well put together movie. Really well written. Great performances. So we had... Well, Emerald Fennel's doing a take on the talented Mr. Ripley style story. Mm-hmm. And Barry's in it. The brother's Barry these days. And Jacob's in it. Sure, we'll give him a go. I thought we were in for something really good. How wrong were we, Sine? We don't like to shoot on movies, but also sometimes movies have problems. And it's up to us to decide what happened. I don't mind shooting on movies. Okay. I'm a hater at heart. That's fine. Um... I feel, though, that everything that happened in this movie happened non-consensually to me. Even though I bought the ticket and I sat in the seat, I understand all that. Mm. But everything from from the beginning to end was an assault on my being. I think it was so misguided. I, I think you can kind of see where it went wrong, can't you? Too many can twists. You? No, well, I think so. Too many twists and turns. Yeah. Taking Mr. Ripley... And sort of, it's a class takedown, but from top down. Okay, okay. Look at us, the rich people up here. We're getting into it too much. We need to talk about the, the plot. We need, to, we'll just, we need to... I'm just saying, I think it was misguided. I think the film itself was pretty well directed and some pretty images. I think the casting was all off. And I think a lot of what happened in the story is bad. But I, I think, I, I'm, I was trying to draw it across with our, no, our, really. our going into it. It was so excited, but then it turns out it was so misguided. So, in The Talented Mr. Ripley, Jude Law is a very rich, beautiful, handsome man 
off sunning himself in Italy with Gwyneth Paltrow. And Matt Damon finds a way to ingratiate himself with Jude Law's dad, head to Italy under the guise of getting the son to come home, twists and turns, sort of a homoerotic relationship forms, he ends up becoming Mr. Ripley. Scams him, basically. Right? General Mm -hmm. premise of Mr. Ripley. In this, Barry's a poor kid, inverted commas, because we'll come back to that, who wants to be Jacob's friend and maybe a little bit more. And so he does some weird shit. That's kind of it. Isn't it? It's not, I don't think it even does the comparison justice because I don't feel like he doesn't want to become Jacob the Lordy, which I think is a problem with the film. Mm. As some people online were saying, he should have killed everyone but Jacob the Lordy. Why would he kill Jacob Elordi? Yes, I never got the impression... Pause, by the way. Getting around the films. <laughs> I never got the impression that he wanted his life. But the film ends up with him taking on Saltburn. Yeah. I, I got the impression he wanted to be part of the cool crowd. Hmm. And he kind of got that. Yeah. But then he was found out, I guess, is the issue. But when it turns out... When he's at the end dancing through the place naked, mm-hmm. like has this really been his goal? And maybe, maybe it's not. Apparently. Maybe it just happens to him. Too many twists, though. I think the problem is having a twist at all. So basic, basic premise: they're at uni together. Barry's cosplaying as a poor kid. Jacob Lord is like, "Come stay with my family's house for the summer." Rosamund Pike's my mum. She's really great. I also have a sister. Who you're gonna get? weird with and then we're gonna have a big party and that's the plan basically well, lays around all summer and do fun stuff he's also taking takes some projects it seems yeah yeah jacob Lordy's character so that's that's where we're at right he's a son of a lord as well he's like the top echelon of the society in britain what direction do you want to go in do you want to go in casting do you want to go on plot do you want to go on twist i think they're all connected all right i, I think Something set off to each other. The big twist is that Barry's been creepy all along. The movie itself, though, he's been creepy the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know that this big reveal turns out he's been the mastermind all along, and he really started it at the very beginning. He manufactured their even their first interaction, and then from then on, he's been lying to Jacob to to really compel events a certain way. Yeah, because he's creepy. Like, yeah. It is creepy. Was I supposed to be surprised at this? But the way the film treats yeah. it, like this big twist ending, that like, oh my God, and he was doing this. And when he was at the coffee shop, he finagled to be there because he knew she would be there. Yeah, yep, I got all that. Yeah. Thanks so much for explaining it to me. Like I'm a four-year-old, I but I got it. There is a level of condesa- condescension there. And I think that's what the difference with um, the talented Mr. Ripley is mm-hmm. because we're on Tom's side the whole time. Even when he's doing shitty things. We kind of want him to get away with it because we're seeing how much effort he's putting into it. And he's got more sympathy at the beginning because we see where he comes from. He comes from the poor. There's a little bit of admiration there for us, for yeah. him to do that. The way this twists that to make it, you know, he's, a, he's a, I guess the idea is he's a more compelling character because he's flawed or whatever. But it just doesn't work because we're not really in on his journey until the very end when he becomes the devil, you know? I don't mean this as a slight on Barry Keoghan's acting at all, 
but I found his face completely impenetrable throughout this film because he's skulking around around in the corners being a weirdo, right? And because of that, I could never align myself with what I was doing. I never knew what he was thinking. I was like, mm. okay, sometimes you do weird things and go drink period blood in the cemetery and then other times you're having breakfast and you're bringing the same level of weirdness but you seem to have sort of a Jekyll and Hyde thing. So are you mentally mm. unwell or are you putting on, like, I just, I couldn't get into him and what he was trying to do. And I think you said he was just miscast. Yeah, ultimately I think that's been the issue, isn't it? I think it potentially could have worked if you swapped them. Yeah, so I had that idea. What if you swapped? What if you swapped them? Mm-hmm. And Jacob Elordi's like, Oh, the pretty Australian guy. He would never do anything mm-hmm. bad to you. He's look at him. He's so genuine. He would never need to do it, do anything mean in his life because he's so lovely. Maybe you get a bit of the well, excusal there, I guess, on his part. It'd be a twist where the guy you think is is normal turns out to be weird. In this, oh. <laughs> the creep turns out to be a creep. Oh, okay. What a surprise. Yeah, you cast Barry Kyogo and you're like. He's not a normal dude. Yeah. He's never a normal dude. I think that how much of it is casting? So much of it, right? So much of it. All of it almost. The biggest disappointment is knowing that he wasn't even the first consideration for the role. So Emerald wanted Timothy Chalamet, which I'm glad they didn't go in that direction because I think that would have been a step too far into Call Me By Your Name ter- territory. Mm. Same stuff with older person, lustful summer, you know, I could see parallels between those two projects. But when you find out that your lead actor recommended the casting, hmm. there's a reason why actors aren't casting directors. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but there is. There is a reason why Jacob Elordi's not a casting director. Because his instinct in casting is wrong. I think, as well as being the wrong type of actor, he's also too old for this, isn't he? Now? So old. Like, yeah. sorry, Barry, but... Super old. How old are you? 31. Hmm. He's playing on what, a 17-year-old? No, yeah, early 20s. 18. Yeah. He's supposed to be it. Just to finish school no, at uni. I have never looked at that man's face and thought he was a day younger than 30. Hmm. Um, think of it best best possible reason. It's weird because he's out of place, I suppose you could say. But it doesn't work, does it? It doesn't work. And, that, and that's not to say he does a bad job. I think it's just misguided from the very beginning having him involved at all yeah he's doing the best of what he can he he, he commits to the dance at the end which i didn't like actually i like okay. the i like the idea of him dancing through naked i suppose like that's a a striking image in the movie on mm. but he was dancing to like like ballet dancing style for me it didn't fit with his character i didn't think at all i think he could have been more dorky dancing sort of thing okay you know what i mean it mm-hmm. felt like a music video you know, right. let's see a little kid dancing around. Are you like, implying that the movie had a lot of shocking images just for the sake of having shocking images? Yeah. Because I, I, I think it was supposed to be the moment where we celebrate the devil, right? We celebrate the yeah. guys on the evil shit. Mm-hmm. But all I can think of is like, oh, that's Barry dancing now. And they're trying so hard to make this an iconic image and pairing with the song from 20 years ago i yeah i think one of the main problems i had with the movie as a whole is the shocking imagery because i feel like just because something's horrific and shocking 
doesn't mean it needs to be in a movie. Like, yes, it is a shocking image to have a guy licking period blood off his fingers. I don't know that that needs to be captured on film forever and ever to have in a, in a movie. And I think that she's not a very subtle director, clearly. She wasn't in Promising Young Woman either, but I think it worked in that because... I think because of Cassie's, like... Well, she was putting on a show. What she so. was on. Yeah, but even the way they framed her as, like, Virgin Mary stuff was interesting. But fit, fit thematically and yeah. as a whole. I just think suggestion isn't in, isn't in her vocab. So... Well, especially when you're saying it's a, a shocking image, mm-hmm. especially for a guy who we're supposed to be shocked later to find out he's been creepy all along. Yeah, but why do yeah. we keep getting these flashes of him being creepy then if we need yeah. the twist? You need it in one or the other, right? You're mm-hmm. showing us the whole time, letting us in on his plot that he's been doing creepy things yeah. and don't have the twist because we picked up on that, or mm-hmm. you do it the inverse. Why are you doing both? You're showing us half of him being a psycho. And then... Go too far with the flashbacks to have it all along Ugh. happening at the end, when you've kind of half shown us but also haven't shown us. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so there are some really shocking images, and I think I didn't. I didn't like it. It felt like too much like um, courting controversy. Do you reckon? Like, mm. oh, people are going to be mad when I when we have this scene of him licking the bath and stuff. Oh, I can't handle the bath. That, for whatever reason, is the one that I can't deal with. And it's because of the drain. Mm. It's because of the tongue in the drain. Have you seen drains? Drains are dirty. Mm. No one's tongue should be near a drain. Under any circumstances. Yeah. Well, the work to new, then the shocking bit of it. But, but the, that's all it did. But there's also the the Adam element to me somehow just feels like, oh, you're going to be shocked by this. Look at how shocking we are. Didn't feel real somehow. Didn't feel authentic to me. No, it it felt very um, surface some, level. Yeah. And if you don't get it, it's actually the point. The point is mm. we're trying to shock you because we're showing excess. We're showing mm. lavishness. And so if you're shocked, it's actually worked on you and that's what we're doing all along. So, haha, mm. That's what it felt like. You know? I think, yeah. You said subtlety is not an option, clearly, in this movie. Shocking images. We've got the drain scene. Also, I've pulled enough hair out of a drain. I have long hair. Mm. I... <laughs> well, compare that to the scene. So that's a homoerotic yes. yep. scene, right? Sure. He's spying on Jacob Elordi, pleasuring himself in the bathrooms, and then he goes in afterwards and licks up the remnants in the bath, right? Blech. Compare that to the scene in The Talented Mr. Ripley, where Drew Law's in the bath. Which we rewatched, yeah. Yes, and Matt Damon sort of hints he wants to come in with him. He puts his fingers in the water yeah. and goes, oh, it's nice and warm. Isn't that way more effective? Mm -hmm. And then they have the moment where they're looking at each other and Jude's trying to, like, assess him and be like, are you getting Mm. on me or are you not? And then pulls away and then Matt's like, oh, I was just meant after you. Mm -hmm. Can I have a bath? So much more effective. I don't think Jacob ever liked this guy. (laughs) It's very weird. Also, something I would probably need to watch the movie again to fully understand how much this is used. And I don't think I will watch it again. So this might be a half-baked criticism. Here we go. But did you feel like there are a lot of scenes? First of all, a lot of scenes where Barry just comes in as something creepy. Yeah. Right? That happens a lot. I guess that's consistent with the character. But a lot of scenes as well where Barry is like listening in on people talk about him and that's how mm-hmm. he knows more information. Mm-hmm. 
I kind of I'm not the best writer in the world, but that feels pretty lazy, doesn't it? Exposition. You want one character to know something the other character said, so he just follows him and listens in. And overhears, yeah. And so then we also overhear it as the audience. Yeah. Very much as you know, it's like, (laughs) well, Barry needs to know this, so he just happens to walk past. He's being creepy, he's a stalker, I guess, is what you'd say about that. I guess so. But it just felt like it happened too many times for us to, to, you know, the coincidence or that of that just felt too, Mm. too much for me. I guess the other shocking scene is the grave scene, which it's recently resurfaced over the past couple of days, seems to have been sort of half improvised. They've said that. Do you want to explain how it was improvised? I actually have... I have a concern about it. Okay. Let me get the actual thing yes. so I can be correct. Here's what the what the original script says. Oliver is alone at Felix's grave. He sinks to his knees, weeping, clinging to the grave and as if it is Felix himself his hands clutching at the freshly dug earth. I don't think we even thought any of that, but anyway. He lies down, stroking the earth where Felix's face might be. Then slowly, weeping, he undresses. Dot, dot, dot. End of montage. Hmm. So Barry was like, what do you reckon my character does in this situation? Emerald apparently says, to be honest, Barry, I think he'd unzip. Barry goes, I want to try something. Can you get me a close set? Emerald goes, yeah, close set, off you go. Hmm. That seems to be what's happened. Would you like to share your... With my question concerns. to you, Barry. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen? If you're there naked in front of the top of the grave, did you need that spelled out to you? Being with me and Barry there. Do you mean to Barry's intelligence? But isn't it so much better the suggestion of what might happen rather than us having to see it? Again, suggestion, which this film is not trying to do. So I guess you have to meet it at its, at its merits and be like, okay, it's trying to be ostentatious, it's trying to be over the top, it's trying to be mm. shocking. Did it work on that? Well, I, I'll accept that scene on those terms. You just bring it to me, okay? <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know if I completely like agree with this line of thinking. Okay, but, I'll just accept you know. it for a second. In what world does his character want to have sex with Felix at a gravesite? Like... With his dead body, I didn't. I never felt that he. Like there is some homoeroticism, I guess, with between the characters. I never got the impression he really wanted to be with him. Like no, he just wanted to be part of his world, didn't he? So then the idea that he he kills him, kind of by accident, kind of on purpose Mm. because he didn't found out or whatever. Mm. But then to be so consumed by grief that he wants to to have sex with him or the idea of him or whatever's left of him. Yeah. It felt like image first. Yeah. You know? And I can feel... It didn't really make sense, did it? I can hear Emerald explaining that and being like, but the scene's about obsession. It's about compulsion. Mm. And I get that she's trying to tell us that's what it's about. Visually, I mean. But I don't feel... The, the only small moment was when he's watching him... Sorry, when Barry's watching Jacob's character in the bath and you've got a few close-ups on like his neck and mm. like his Adam's apple yeah. bobbing and the sweat dripping down. That was the only moment where I was like, okay, POV character shot. We're getting a little bit of that sort of feeling, but the rest of it, I, I don't. Yeah. And this whole thing being like, Oh, I wanted to own your house at the end of the day. Like, did he, mm. he never seemed like obsessed with the house. He never seemed like that's what he wanted is power and status. Mm. He just seemed like a weirdo. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash acast. Yeah, and I get, that's the overall point, where I, again, where I feel like the class commentaries come the wrong way or they're punching down. It's kind of like, well, watch out for the middle class because they'll pretend to be poor to ingratiate themselves into us normal rich people's worlds. Mm. And before long, they'll kill us off and they'll take our houses. You can't really trust them. I remember leaving and being like, well, what's the message the movie's trying to leave us with? And you're like, mm. well, I guess, I guess the poor people are bad. I guess mm. that? I, I can't see another message. What's what's the meaning of this film? I don't really know. Well, let's take it. What's the meaning of Mr. Mr. Ripley then? That eventually, if you tell enough lies, they'll come back and you'll be found out. At the yeah. end, he's sat alone in the ship and the darkness is encroaching. He's realised mm. he can't he can't fake it anymore. He can't work his way out of this one. He's going to be caught. Yeah, one lie begets another lie. Yeah. yeah. And eventually it sort of spins out of your control, yeah. but it'll catch up to you eventually. So and do so, the right thing. And so in I this guess. movie, it's the opposite. He's got away with it. Yeah. So it's it's a complication on that. It's just like so it's tell lots shit. of lies and be a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I guess it's like you don't exactly do Mr. Ripley again, so you want to do a take on that. But then that's the only interpretation you can take well, is that yeah, you got to be mindful. And I feel like like there are some lighthearted jabs at rich people, right? And a lot of Lines are like what, you know, Rosamund's Pike character is quite awful, but in a funny way, right? She's having a great time, by the way. Yeah, she's wonderful. But the impression I kind of got off over the whole movie was that who's the creep here? It's a little fella who's ingratiated himself into their life. Mm-hmm. All Jacob was trying to do was be a good friend. And he's got a really tough life because he's so beautiful. He's got everything handed to him, but he's kind of not that into it. But the girlfriends are like, us rich people have it tough. Mm. It's kind of the impression I got, mm. which isn't really something I respond well to in the movie. Particularly in this, like, really recent Eat the Rich sort of mm. class warfare stuff that we've been exploring in cinema over the past couple of years. This feels like a weird antithesis to that, but also one that no one asked for. Yeah. And I, you know, it's hard to to take criticism of someone too much, death the author and all that sort of stuff, but also... You don't know where the films come from. And the idea that that Emerald Fennels come from the upper classes of society in in the UK. Yeah. That's a factor here, right? Because I don't know if people want to watch the, watch a movie where yeah, the the impression is rich folks got it bad. Maybe the idea is that the little creep from the middle class is one in the end, so we should be happy about that, but He's not a hero, is he? 
no, to and be siding with. Well, that's the other complication is that he's not... Matt in the first movie is poor. He is friendless. He borrows mm. a jacket to get this one gig playing piano. That's Barry, what I mean. You can't admire him for pulling himself up through... Tenaciousness, right? Yeah. yeah. Barry has a life with a very mm. nice mum and dad in a suburban doing quite mm. well for themselves. I don't get why why he wants what he wants and what he wants. Did you get a feeling why he decided to leave his family? You know, they do that trip well, where they go back I, and... I think he was ashamed of his middle-class upbringing because even though he was comfortable, he was never rich, he was never in the upper classes, which is, of course, the goal for everybody, isn't it, mm. to be upper class? Mm-hmm. I see. Okay. And he was preying on Jacob's character's... Um, pity basically he had to spin a story about how his parents are drug goes and he he had a terrible life and so because mm-hmm. he knew that was the only reason he would be able to even get into that circle because if they just knew he was sort of a normal kid he wouldn't be very exciting to them yeah so i kind of that is something didn't mind and that scene where he goes back to his family that was really, pretty well put together yeah it was a really tense scene although i remember just doesn't go anywhere after that no Oh, and people were saying that it's from Cornwall to Liverpool, which is like a six-hour drive. <laughs> Why yeah. would he not realise where he was going? Bit of cinematic, you know, suspension disbelief. There. In this world, it was a short drive, and all sure. of a sudden he... But still, you'd know, if you were lying about something, wouldn't yeah. you be onto it? Straight away, wouldn't you yeah. be like, no? Yeah. I don't think Tom Ripley would be caught out, put it that way. It was an affecting sequence, though, I'll give it that. Yeah. But I think... <sighs> I don't want to pile on her. She seems like she's no I, making I, movies. I think it's come from a from a good place, just misguided. Yeah, but I just feel like isn't the mark of a good director, or maybe the mark of a good director is knowing when to accept offers from your actors and how to guide them in a way mm. that but they're making consistent choices, which you spoke about on the pod a lot. Mm. Good directing is making consistent choices, which I don't think she has done here. Maybe not accepting Jacob Elordi's casting advice and Barry Keegan's urge to take that mm. graveyard scene further. Maybe we can say no to our actors' impulses and yeah. maybe tampering them is your job. And I mean, with Barry there, he's doing a good job as an actor trying to fulfil that yes. scene. I wouldn't have written the scene. I don't see any reason why he was even crying at the graveyard about to unzip. You know, like, yeah. how was that even in there? I I can see the desire well as well from, from Amber Fennell as a director and a writer to see a series of movies over the last few years where Eat the Rich is kind of the the mm-hmm. message yeah. and to do a spin on that and to do one, well, maybe the poorer guy wins, but, you know, at what cost? I can get that desire, right? It just doesn't work in this but one, But there does was it? no at what cost is the thing. He, he doesn't... Well, he starts as a creep, ends as a creep. Yeah, so. but it's not like he, yeah. he got the house and everything and killed Rosamund Pike and killed um, and felt bad about Grant it. and felt bad at the end. No, he just dances I mean? through the He's house fine. Yeah. So is he ever... I just feel like mm. he has no emotion at all. So if the idea is yeah. he's a psychopath, then why do I care? And there's no loss of innocence because he's been creepy no. all along. Yep. He's been trying to... Right from the beginning, he was calculating. And as it turns out, kind yeah. of. Which we sort of knew. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so I think a lot of the character work there is a problem. 
I remember someone, I think it was on the um, Big Picture podcast, they talked about the scene where he's taken out of the house and all the, all the staff are like sort of billing yes. him go. Like, yeah. Did he interact with them at all? No, that was oh, interesting, wasn't it? It was about the eggs. Although remember the butler hated him as soon as he got to the place. Wouldn't you think the butler comes back and reveals well, what he Yeah, because I thought, well, the butler's onto him immediately. Yeah. He knows that he's trying to ingratiate himself. Mm. Seemingly nothing happens with that. And I, I thought this would be a movie where the, where the creepy butler is more than just a creepy butler. No. No. He's just a creepy butler. Someone online was talking about they sh- he should have killed everyone but Felix. Yeah. Because. Ash, yeah. yeah. Saltbone literally needed to Twitter be more psychosexual. I don't give a fuck about some twist of a long con to kill a family for no reason. Yeah. We can't go from drinking bathwater to, well, I hated all you rich idiots. He should have mm. killed everyone but Felix. And Aaron said, should have killed everyone but Felix or just Felix and no one else. Him lumping Felix in with the rest of his family, like they were all on the same level, mm. just makes the obsession seem fruitless. Yeah. And someone said, I recently watched Talent of Mr. Ripley for the first time. Not only is the level of plagiarism Fennell took from it absolutely comical, but the saltburn similarities just show she had absolutely no idea what Ripley was even about. A bit harsh. But yeah, this idea of of obsession of felix did he want to be felix did he want to be with felix or did he want to become felix i'm, I'm guessing the answer to that question from the, yeah the fine line between wanting to be someone wanting to have sex with someone wanting to kill someone yeah but no what did he want though? <laughs> like you've exactly. got to you've got to cut through that stuff yeah. it's great to have these great ideas of what you want to do in the end if you don't do anything you don't commit to any idea you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of being in writing groups I think it was a running group that you were in and relayed to me the story, so mm. feel free to fact check. But one of your teachers or one of our teachers are going around asking, okay, what's your story about? And they're like, oh, it's about obsession. It's about sex. It's about danger. I'm like, no, no, what is it about though? Mm. Like who's who's your protagonist and what are they doing? And I feel like that person needs to mm. talk to Emerald. She's like, it's about sex. It's about desire. It's about mm-hmm. um confronting images and, and excess and greed and wastefulness yeah. no but what's it about it's about a creep who meets a friend in high school and who kills his whole family mm-hmm. and that's it like is it, it there's no journey i didn't really feel a narrative arc yeah and that, that makes it so much more shocking like let's let's take the idea that he wants to be felix mm-hmm. and then felix says no you can't be around my family anymore mm-hmm. you've kind of been admitting me but you can't be in me anymore yeah so he kills him yeah then he's got to stick around and become him, be the new son. Be and, the new and son, right? And he does that a bit with Rosamond. But then he kills her. For no reason. <laughs> right. Yeah. We, ne- we never really saw something about how no. he realised he would never truly be one of them. Because mm-hmm. there was a bit of the psychosexual stuff with her and him. Yeah. Like, I always thought that you were nice and she's like, yes, you do have good ideas and I'm assigning myself to you. And Yeah. I get that. I didn't get why I needed to kill it. Yeah, a twist, I suppose, because he wanted the house so badly all of a sudden. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people are talking about the fact that it ended several times. Mm. Like, it could have ended after the grave. It could have ended at the coffee shop. could have ended where it did, which is dancing through the halls naked. Mm. And, like, props to Barry Keegan, right? That's a, a really brave thing to do as an actor. Props to him for doing it and committing to the bit. I just don't think the bit was worth it. No, I think potentially ending at the coffee shop where you have this idea hmm. that he's gone onto it again. He's onto them. You know, because yeah. you know he's obviously figured out a way to get to the one coffee shop that she goes to all the time. Mm-hmm. Of course he has. Like, mm-hmm. 
You know he's been conniving. I know. It's a bit... Get to the end where you've got one big shocking death of one of the characters, Jake Bellotti. Mm. Next minute, there's another shocking death. And there's three in a row. It's like, oh, it's getting a bit... The impact is lessening each time you do this. Yeah, good point. You know? Yeah. Quick question. What were the eggs supposed to symbolise? So, he knows everything but doesn't know how to ask for his eggs. Is that the idea? He doesn't know well, anything. Well, I thought... So he's at breakfast, everybody. He's at breakfast at the mansion place. He gets some eggs and they're, they're too undercooked for him and he says it just turns his stomach. And the rest of the family looks at him like sort of that's a weird thing to request. My interpretation, which I'm 99% sure was probably wrong, but I thought that that was a bold thing for someone to do who is a guest at someone else's house to, to declare, no, I want my breakfast cooked again. Mm. And I thought maybe that was a hint at the fact that he wasn't so down and out as he said he he did have a good upbringing and he was used to asking for things that he wanted Mm -hmm. and that was the first sign that they saw that he was a bit if that's the case doesn't go anywhere no i know i know that's why i'm asking but your interpretation was well just like a throw part yeah okay more than anything else yeah an intentional one that he wanted to be a throw part who knows what are we doing here um i will say that the title card really beautiful a lot of the artistry around the film gorgeous and um emerald Fennell said each frame of the opening titles was hand drawn gilded and painted by the graphic designer katie and her assistant india and then they used stop motion it took months to make as a single frame took half a day but it encapsulates everything a beauty that drives us mad okay so that's her big takeaway from the film a beauty that drives us mad so by that logic barry shouldn't have been a weirdo until he saw Jacob and got completely Mm. enamored by him that everything else fell to the wayside and got caught up so much in wanting him and becoming him that he wouldn't have done any of the things he did in this film. Yes, though. Sorry. That's what I'm saying. There are so many good things going for this movie, Mm. but misguided from the beginning. You can't come back from some of those key decisions in the script and the casting. Do you want to feel validated? People say Saltburn is moronic and breathtakingly stupid. But have you considered it's a moving autobiographical reflection from Emerald Fennell about how she was repulsed by and scared of scholarship students when she was at Oxford in 2006? The year she chose to set this... Hmm. Why? <laughs> I, I think don't make it a year. Just have it generally set in the mid-2000s. All you got to do is show some of the flip phone. We know it's not now. That's fine. Why did it have to specifically be 2006? Mm. People are pointing out Low by Florida came out in 2008 and there were a lot of anachronisms in the soundtrack. Why specifically 06? And Superbad, the movie wasn't out yet and they're watching it on DVD. Yep. Why do that? If not to just annoy everybody. Thanks, Marrowing, for that comment. Marrowing says, Saltburn is about how if you're rich, you have to be on the lookout for lazy scroungers who use their rat cunning and your kind-hearted sense of noblesse oblige Mm. to trick you into giving them charity they don't really deserve. Yikes. Yeah, like why would you want to go back, if you're an upper-class person watching this movie, you wouldn't give them a chance, would you? All Mm -hmm. they're going to do is try and steal from you. Mm -hmm. Um, Paul Schrader? director he doesn't hold back <laughs> saltburn flips the talented mr ripley formula in which the lower class arabist undermines the establishment with his charm and beauty 
and salt burn the lower class boy is plain and the object he pursues is beauty personified. It's an inversion which should not work and it doesn't. <laughs> he was asked whether he would like to um, take back or give context to his mm. uh, review and he said, it is a bad film. Instead of withering, you could say a slightly accurate review. Yeah. Accurately review the film. Um, and someone says, Saltburn writes his own review in the scene where Rosamund Pike is talking about Carrie Mulligan. And she's like, people think she's interesting because she's beautiful and stylish, but there's nothing going on underneath. Yeah, because you want to be careful putting something like that into a movie, Ooh, hey? Yeah. Carrie Mulligan, very underused and misused, I think. Do you think miscast, maybe? Yes, absolutely. Do you feel like that character needs to be a lot older? Yes. Yeah. I got, like, old matron from that mm. character, but young wife. The most interesting part of the movie was the fact that they were discussing her funeral so casually. Mm. And Barry Keegan was like, oh my God, did she die? And they're like, yeah, she died last Thursday or something. Mm. That was interesting. Okay? That the callous disregard for human beings and the fragility of life that they'll never have to interface with because they have so much money and class and stature. Yes. That's it, though. A throwaway comment. Yes. And very much the idea that she's what Barry was in danger of becoming somebody who came for a short trip, overstayed their welcome. But then he kind of did that, and he kind of got kicked out towards the end by the dad. But after he... Yeah, because Richard figures out what's going on and then tries to get him. Yeah, he figures out you're a bad influence, you got to get out of this family. He does get rid of him. Yeah. After he's killed like half the family. Yeah, right? so, bit late. Bit late. I think it would be interesting if he was kicked out before then. I mean, there's so many things you could do differently, I think, would improve yeah. this movie. Yeah. I see this as a, a sort of branching scenario of weird choices, and I feel like if you had gone mm. the other way on any of these choices, it could be a remarkably better movie. Yeah, it was a good point by Paul Schrader, though, that Matt Damon's interesting in that movie because he's beautiful. That's mm -hmm. part of the appeal, right? And part of why he's able to rise when he's given the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I thought maybe if you reversed it, because who would suspect the, the lovely Australian handsome boy of doing anything creepy? Hmm. I think Jacob's doing his best as well. You just give him a vague character. I think that's what he does best, is it not? I haven't seen him in anything else apart from this. <laughs> okay. so. All right. Well, I think the movie was bad. I think it had no soul. I don't know the point of what it was trying to make other than supporting upper class fear of lower class. Mm. I think it was miscast. I think scenes needed to not be in the film. And I hated it. <laughs> it's worse when you were looking forward to it, hey? Yeah. This is why we shouldn't have hopes or desires. The worst thing is the hope, whatever that quote is. We have to give this a rating. One star. Yeah. Really didn't vibe with us, did it? No. Not to mention the hurdles we had to get past to see this movie. Mm. Climbing up a massive set of stairs like three times. Yes. That's my hurdle. Okay. <laughs> we did see it in a fairly um, vacant cinema. That was nice. Pretty much us. And True. Topical. A couple of other people. This one where they were opening cans all the way through. Yes, that girl had like five beers, I reckon. Maybe she enjoyed yeah, it more because she was buzzed. I think so, yeah. Mm. I think that would add a level to it. Yeah, really disappointing, unfortunately, this movie. But you know what? They can't all be winners. I guess not. No. Anyway, well, that's been us talking about Saltburn. We're in sort of Oscar season right at the moment. Mm, I doubt this is in the go? mix, right? Oh, God, what if it is, though? 
a lot of people are like, oh, we didn't understand it because it was weird. It was shocking. There are so many more deserving movies. I know. Yeah. Anyway, that's what we're coming up at this point of the year. So listen back, listen in the future with more coming out. Anything else you want to add to me? What is the salt burn that the name speaks of? I know it's the name of the estate, but like you're already burnt and then you get salt and it hurts even more. I guess like things that don't work well together, like harshness. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bad. <laughs> okay, see ya. Thanks, bye. <laughs>